Well, welcome to another edition of Pierre's Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Pierre Mayo, and as always, we are so thankful you guys took the next 15 minutes out to be here with us to check out what God has to say to you guys through his word. Today's message is entitled, Walk the Walk, Talk the Talk. Listen, before we go any further, I have to remind you, this is listener-supported radio, and so we need your help. We cannot continue to broadcast on these stations without your support. So, would you prayerfully consider what God will lay in your heart to be able to give to help us to continue to do ministry? And as always, for more information in regards to that, you can go to pierrespodcast.com. That's our website. And there you'll find out all the information you need and also what you can do to become a partner to help us out to continue to further the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right. So without further ado, and that being said, we will now jump into today's subject. Walk the walk, talk the talk. We'll be right back after this. James 2.14 says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Jesus was a man of great action. There are very few great leaders who are not. It's interesting that we look with expectancy from captains of industries. Why? because they are typically leaders who deliver. I want you to wrap your brain around that thought. Leaders who deliver. What are we really saying when we say leaders who deliver? Well, we are saying that we can put our confidence into their actions and their actions produce deliverable goods. This is important because to have full confidence in someone is to locate the motivating factor. Now, what is this factor that pulls us in? The motivating factor is the repetition of successful actions. The repeated rewards of knowing that they are consistent. The fact of the matter is we all like consistency. Why? Because it gives us a reassurance of expectations that we can manage. So, this is why it is important when we read what James says about having faith, but not showing it through our actions. We must walk the walk that we talk. Otherwise, we are no more than hypocrites. The word comes from the Greek word hippokrites, which means an actor or a stage player. The Greek word itself is a compound noun. It's made up of two Greek words that literally translates as an interpreter from underneath. That bizarre compound makes more sense when you know 
that the actors in ancient Greek theater wore large masks to mark which character they were playing. And so they interpreted the story from underneath their mask. The Greek word took on an extended meaning to refer to any person who was wearing a figurative mask and pretended to be someone or something they were not. So when we see the struggle that James is having, it's because he wants to bring us from behind the mask and help us face what is causing our hypocrisy. When we think about Jesus, he was one who did not do well with talk, but no action. So much so that he challenged those who only wanted to talk. Because talking never really changes things unless you follow up with actions. Look at what Luke 13, 10 through 16 says. Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath day. A woman was there who, for 18 years, had an evil spirit in her that made her cripple. Her back was always bent. She could not stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are free from your sickness. Jesus put his hands on her and immediately she was able to stand up straight and began praising God. The synagogue leader was very angry because Jesus healed on the Sabbath day. He said to the people, there are six days when one has to work. So come to be healed on one of those days and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord answered, you hypocrites, doesn't each of you untie your work animals and lead them to drink water every day, even on the Sabbath day? This woman that I healed, a daughter of Abraham, has been held by Satan for 18 years. Surely it is not wrong for her to be freed from her sickness on the Sabbath day. Jesus encountered the woman who was crippled and bent over. Her pitiful condition couldn't even wait a few hours. So he pointed out one other place that Sabbath rulers set aside. Even though a donkey could not be untied to go out to work, it could be taken out to be fed and watered so that it wouldn't suffer all day. This was called Zar Ba'ale Hayim, preventing suffering to living things, the first animal rights movement. Now, Jesus seems to be using this logic in his statement about healing the woman. It was not a life or death need that she be healed that day, but she had been bound by her affliction for 18 years. 18 years, man, can you imagine that? If an animal can be untied to be led to water to prevent its suffering, shouldn't she be unbound too? Interestingly, the one breaking the Sabbath was not Jesus in this case. He merely prayed for her healing, which was not prohibited. Those who protested even this prayer would have been seen as extreme by the rest of the pharisaical community. According to Jesus' logic, the one who did the unbinding was God himself. So, we see that Jesus was working within the rules, not negating them, and showing how God longs to take every opportunity to show compassion for the suffering of his people. 
The point we see in Christ that we can take away is that we should always make others a priority to help prevent their suffering. Learn to serve. Jesus served this woman by meeting her needs, not his own. His focus wasn't like the religious leaders, getting healed on any day but the Sabbath. No, when God moves, you move with him and see what wonderful signs he will use to set you free from bondage or those he has called you to help. It's about looking just like Christ and he was full of compassion, so we should be full of compassion. There will always be critics who have an ulterior motive to your walk. This is the true test of your talk. If you are not being persecuted by someone, then you need to really take a long, hard look at your walk. There's a short story of a man who was on a Delta flight one day that went into cardiac arrest. Tim Tebow stepped in to pray for him, but many are saying he did the wrong thing. The crew immediately went to work to try to save a passenger's life after he suffered a major heart attack on board. But while a physician assistant stepped in to administer CPR, Tim Tebow left his own seat to pray for the man. Tebow bent over the man's distraught wife, hugging and praying with her and her friend. When the plane landed, the man was rushed to the hospital. Tebow took the stricken man's wife to the hospital and stayed with her until she got the devastating news that her husband died from the heart attack. One of the passengers on board posted about the experience on Facebook. I watched Tim pray with the entire section of the plane for this man. He made a stand for God in a difficult situation, the post said. But many do not share the same sentiment. Even though Tebow prayed with the man's wife, took her to the hospital, and stayed with her until the doctor told them the sad news, many are criticizing him for praying in public. Tim Tebow was getting in the way while trying to be a missionary on a plane. What a putz, said one news article. Prayed? Give me a break. Get out of the way and let modern medicine take care of the sick, idiot, wrote another. Some are even claiming he was only being selfish for praying for the man's wife. Tim Tebow did nothing because prayer does nothing. The young medical professional who attempted CPR and actually tried to save the man's life actually did something. What Tebow did was engage in a narcissistic ritual, said one commentator on a People magazine blog. Oh boy. Some say the negative comments show firsthand the problems of living in a culture that is increasingly becoming more antagonistic to Christianity. Tim Tebow did what any caring person would, should do. One commentator fired back. He proved what the family needed most at that time. Someone to show compassion and caring. Which brings us to our first comment. Our first point is critics will always criticize to cause a case of confusion. That's just what they do. And in Tim Tebow's case, that's what they had to do in order to create the confusion that Satan desires to create, to give misdirection. But as followers of Christ, we have to remember what God's word says. Look at Galatians 6, 9 through 10. It says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. 
at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. This woman that Jesus healed was in the family, and yet the religious leaders wanted her to suffer when her suffering could be eliminated. <laughs> they had more respect for their animals than they did for her. Listen, take a stand for what you know is right. The best thing about Jesus is that he knew what the rules for the Sabbath were. The religious leaders only knew what their hypocrisy had taught them. Bondage, bondage, and more bondage. Which brings us to point number two. Be bold in your profession, but use wisdom in your professing. See, Jesus uses wisdom when he heals this woman. He does so by knowing that according to the laws, he was not in violation of healing as even the animals were untied and taken out the stalls to eat and drink, as not to suffer cruelty at the hands of the owner. If an animal doesn't have to suffer, how much more should a human not suffer? As followers of Christ, we must learn our world around us. We must take place in shaping it for the kingdom of God and not our own little kingdoms. This is a worldly objective and one that is hypocritical if you are a true follower of Christ. We have got to get into the political arena, the professional arena, in any other arena that God has called us to be in, then go in and bring about real change. Not just talk about it, but actually be about it. Well, we're done for the day. We're going to pick up a part two next week. But as always, I want to encourage you to prayerfully consider what was discussed today. Take it to heart. Remember, don't just talk about it, but actually be about it. And with that being said, my friends, as always, you've been listening to Pierre's podcast. I want to encourage you to prayerfully consider contributing to help us further the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Man, we live in a crazy world and we need your help to reach those that don't know Jesus. For more information on how you can help, visit PiersPodcast.com. And you have been listening to Pierce Podcast. Bye-bye.